0: Spiritually mature people are not just Bible brains. You understand me? You can be a Bible brain but be spiritually immature. They're not just Bible brains. Okay, spiritually mature people, they have habits of practicing truth.
1: So where does that place you and me? Are we just Bible brains or do we live out the Bible? in question, and we'll tackle it today here on Living a Legacy. Welcome to our program. Our speaker is Dr. Crawford Loritz, whose ministry background spans nearly 50 years. He currently heads the organization Beyond Our Generation. Crawford, good to be with you. Good to be with you, too, Bill. We're going to make this the second part of the message you delivered last week. Which way are you growing? And you made a statement last week, and I want to emphasize it again. Our spiritual condition is determined by our relationship to the Word of God. And that's that's a
0: powerful thought. It is, but I want the listeners to understand the Bible's not a dead book. It's a living book. It's the very words of God. And so when you make that kind of statement about the Bible, sometimes subconsciously we put it in a category of some great novel or some mm-hmm. great piece of literature. No, it is not simply a great piece of literature God promises to speak through his word. It's it's living. And so in that sense when we eat the word It it causes us to grow and to develop and to become more like Jesus.
1: When you said that, I just uh, was thinking where our Bible is located right now says a lot about how we feel about that very statement. I mean, it could be on the shelf somewhere, it could be on a cabinet, it could be in the Mm nightstand, it could be anywhere. But where it's located says a lot about how we view that as a living, breathing Word of God. That's true, you know.
0: And, and, you know, as you say that, I know you're not saying that in a legalistic sense. Mm -hmm. And what I love, I want to be with, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm Uh, and some people say, well, Crawford, don't don't love the Bible. I mean, it's just, it's word. Well, I think in a sense we can love that in a sense that it's it, it's God's very word to my soul. And so I want to have access to it. I want to be with it. I want to be in it.
1: Okay, our text is the book of Hebrews. Now, last week, uh, Crawford talked about regressive immaturity, some of the characteristics of an immature Christian as it relates to the Word of God. And today, we'll pick up on this message looking at progressive maturity and again our text will be from hebrews chapter 5 and at the end of the message crawford a very interesting challenge
0: yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say what it is right now but what i what i want our listeners to do is to pay attention to what i ask you to do at the end it's a way in which we can acquire this wonderful appetite for the word of god all right here's dr crawford loritz on living a legacy Drop your eye down to chapter 6, verse 1. He says, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation. The idea is that you you know what? You know what? You you just want to keep hearing the superficial, top-line, comfortable truths. You don't want anybody to push you. That's what he's saying here. Uh, uh, you, you're just kind of like, you know what? Hey, uh, don't talk to me about this. He said, you know, by this time, you, 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 you ought to be teaching people. You've been a believer four, five, 15, 20 years of your life. By this time, you shouldn't have to have your kids go ask the student ministry guys, what does this mean? You shouldn't be asking me or the pastoral staff basic elementary questions. But you've gotten used to a brand of Christianity that's superficial. And i got to tell you, to be honest with you, some of us who preach, our philosophy of preaching and teaching these days, We've created an expectation that all you need to do is this here a little simple principle: illustration, 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 story, 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 application, application, sensory stuff. Give the video, do the drama. Now I'm not against video and drama. I think we ought to do that. I think it's great to set the stage. Don't get me wrong there. Don't miss the principle. But we have actually reduced your capacity to appreciate content. So when somebody does an exposition, you go, ah, that's too heavy. Paul warned. Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, be careful, Timothy, be careful, for the time will come when people will have itching ears. They will accumulate to themselves teachers who will tell them what they want to hear. That's a mark of a regressively immature follower of Jesus. You just want to keep hearing the pablum stuff. Stuff that makes little demands, requires little movement, doesn't deal with sin, doesn't talk about holiness, doesn't talk about God's grand purposes, doesn't push your mind to think. I'm all in favor of good emotions and raising our hands and good warm feelings and sensing God's presence. But learning is what Christians do. Learning God's word is what Christians do. There there is no Christianity apart from education. There is no discipleship apart from learning. There's no walking with God apart from burying ourselves and understanding this book. And so we need to learn it. We need to learn it. And you know, you you can't exhaust this book. It's inexhaustible. You never arrive at a time in which you totally know it. You know, you, you never arrive at a time in which you totally master it. It's just absolutely remarkable. I'm at a stage in my life where these young guys that are starting and the preaching and this kind of thing say, "I I'm running out of things to preach." Really? Really? You run out of things that well, what what, what is, it's it's inexhaustible. Stand up and read it, man. If you don't know, what to read it. The third characteristic of the regressively immatures, And number three, they have a weak spiritual digestive system. Again, look at the text. Look at the text. Notice the phrasing. Again, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. Now notice, notice what he says. He says, you need milk, not solid food. Now notice what he says. He didn't say, he didn't say you want milk. He said, no, you need milk. This underscores the principle, uh, the thesis statement here, that there's no such thing as plateauing. When you seek to pursue God's will, God's word, you actually, you actually become immature. He says, you know what, you know what, you, you have top line things so much, you, you have become dull of hearing, you know, you, you have embraced these little top line cliche, superficial, elementary things of, 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 of the word of God. You don't want this. What has happened to you is that you weaken your spiritual digestive system. So you actually do need milk. You, you, you puke if you had a piece of steak. So somebody has to blend it up for you. Dilute it. I don't want to sound condescending, but I'm going to sound true to the text here. You uh, just can't handle it. It's kind of like if you've been sick. So you've had the flu and you've been kind of like losing it and stuff and you haven't been able to keep anything down. Well, when you start eating, you know you can't have a pork chop. It's probably not a good thing. You, You actually have to have something softer, something that you can digest. Number four says there's actually the inability... To know and apply truth. The regressively immature, because they've become dull of hearing, at this juncture, they've actually have created a lack of skill. Now you're at a place where you you don't have the ability to know and apply truth. Listen to what he says here. He says, For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. The key word for our purposes is the word unskilled. It is a Greek word that could have been translated inexperienced. It implies because you may have heard, 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 and gone, oh, not done, ignored it, hadn't read, hadn't, hadn't interacted with the word of God, hadn't applied it to your life. Now you, you, you don't know how. You just don't know how to do it anymore. Let me give you an illustration. Our youngest son, some of you have heard me say this before, was a pretty incredible baseball player. In fact, pretty phenomenal. His strength was that he could really, he had a good stick. Brendan eats left-handed, writes left-handed, but he throws right-handed. From the time he was a little something, little something, he could bat left or right-handed. I could never take any credit for that because I never taught him that. He He just did that naturally. And he loved to hit that ball. So when he graduated from high school, long story, uh, he, he got called into ministry. And so he didn't go to one of these schools where he could have played ball. He went to Moody Bible Institute. And I'll never forget this. In the spring, he called me. He had found a batting cage. Now you understand from the time he was small, he was playing spring ball, summer league, fall ball, all of this. And always batting and always this kind of thing. But he had laid off for months. Okay, so he told me, he said, yo, dad, that's the way he talks to me. He said, yo, dad, man, I went to the batting case today, and it wasn't pretty. He said, I, I you know, I went into the fast, you know, the fast pitch still there first, and he said, man, I was just like, like you know, just, just on my front side. I couldn't catch up. I said, well, what did you do? He said, I had to go back to the slower pitches. Get my timing, trust your hands, get my timing, trust your hands, and then I moved up. You, you may be a believer for a long time, exposed to all of this stuff, but you stop practicing it. And you know what? You do have a hard time applying it. Your skills are not there. That is, the regressively immature. And he turns it around and he says, well, let me give you the profile of the progressively mature. Again, the centerpiece is the word of God. How they respond to truth. This group, dull of hearing, don't want to hear it. Okay, if I got to hear it, give me top line stuff. I need milk. Okay, no, I don't know how to do this. All right. What about the progressively, progressively mature? What are they characterized by? Verse 14 says it in a compressed way. Number one. They are characterized by a healthy spiritual digestive system. But before I unpack that, let me say a word about maturity. He says here in verse 14, but solid food is for the mature. The word mature there is a Greek word, teleon. We get the English translation, telescope. Well, what, a, what a wonderful picture. It means to bring something close. Now, when the Bible talks about spiritual maturity, it is not talking about perfection. Not at all. When the Bible talks about spiritual maturity, in fact, the word teleon could have been translated full grown. Uh, it is the idea, and we use this expression, it means to come of age, right? To come of age, we've all used that. You know, said so to your kids, when you're gonna come of age, it, it means to be full grown. Let me give you Crawford's definition of maturity. Uh, I, I, I believe maturity basically means positive, self-sustaining behavior. You say somebody's mature, what you're saying is they don't have to be spoon-fed. You don't have to hold their hand. They're, they're, there's a sense of predictability about their lives, their positive, self-sustaining behavior. And I think all mature people are characterized by these three words. Follow me, follow me. It's the word responsible. I don't care what you say, how old you are. You you, you say, that I'm 47 years old. But if you, are, if you cannot meet your obligations and fulfill your promises, you're irresponsible. Responsibility is, is the signature of the mature. The second word is stable. Stable. That's the signature of the mature. Paul says, Bible doctrine and teaching is given to us in Ephesians four fourteen, so that we're no longer children tossed to and fro. We're not flighty. We're not living by our emotions. We're not ruled by, by habits. There's a certain stability about us the third word is the word developing mature people are growing people they're not stagnant people they're moving someplace this is particularly true of spiritually mature people in that anthology of worship the psalms the psalmist begins the psalms in chapter one by giving a profile of a godly man notice what he says He says, the godly man, in his law, he meditates the Word of God day and night. And then the promise, he shall be like a tree firmly planted by rivers of water. What a picture there, that there is growth and fruit and development. And so when the Bible talks about maturity, it says the end product is responsibility. The end product here is stability. The end product is a commitment to growth and development. Now, having said that, there's a healthy spiritual digestive system. He says, again, uh, but solid food is for the mature. They're used to eating regularly, and they have acquired a taste for the Word of God. That sort of mature person, they're used to eating regularly. They, They know that the Word is more than just cliches and statements and familiar verses that I keep quoting, it's more than Psalm 23, a great psalm, more than John 3:16, great verse, more than my favorite passages. I chuckle when I read this, I immediately thought of what my dad used to say, my dad, uh, yeah, he, his parents had 14 kids, okay, and they used to live across the street from Thomas Amy Zion Church. It was built originally on a little rich land, the old man gave him the property to build a church, and circuit riding preacher used to come in like once, once a month and sometimes twice a month. And my father used to tell a story. He would make you laugh so hard the way he told it that your tears would fall, your jaws would hurt. He, he, he used to tell a story about it. when they would come, they, they, they would, back then the, the, the adults ate first, okay? It was not a good thing, all right? So, so uh, my father had the assignment of being on chicken watch. So he would stand at the door with the door open and just kind of report on, you know, the depletion of the chicken. <laughs> So but and he used to say this, my mother used to hate from the say my mother was a little bit more sophisticated than Pop. But my father used to say this, he'd say, son, I was a grown man before I knew that a chicken had more than feet and a neck. Mm. Some some Christians don't know that the Bible has more than feet and a neck. But the Progressively mature, they've developed a taste and an appetite for substance. Secondly, the progressively mature, they're characterized by solid judgment. They have insight and ability. It says, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained. You, 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 you want to you be able to distinguish between the good, the better, and the best? You want to make good decisions? You, you want to be, be able to, to realize when somebody's yanking your chain and telling you the truth? You, you want to be able to understand and look in between the lines and see what's really happening? You start reading the Word of God. You study the book of Proverbs. You start applying this stuff to your heart and mind. God will give you discernment. He will give you the ability to distinguish. Look at stuff. Number four, spiritually progressive, progressively mature person is committed, number four, to applying the word of God. He says here, there's these two words, by constant practice, you could circle those two words. It's really one word. It literally could have been translated habit, 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 the habit. It's It's a habit of mature people. Now get me, hear me, hear me on this, hear me on this. Spiritually mature, progressively mature people are not just Bible brains. You understand me? You can be a Bible brain, but be spiritually immature. They're not just Bible brains. Okay, spiritually mature people, they have habits of practicing truth. The question that they raise as we read the Word of God, the question that the mature Christian asks is, what do I do about what I have heard and read from God's word. It's always up here, God, what do you want me to do about this? How do you want me to apply this? What do I do? And then finally, the progressively mature follower is growing in righteousness and holiness to distinguish good from evil, good from evil evil. It's not just a wisdom statement here. Uh, my observation is born out of the distinction between good and evil. He's actually talking about righteousness and holiness. Able to choose righteous behavior, holy behavior from silly, stupid, immoral choices. Able to do that. I, uh, I've seen a connection between immorality and the neglect of truth among believers. My question is, where are we today? Let me give you a couple of suggestions and then I'll wrap it up with the challenge, okay? Where do we go from here? Let me give you a few suggestions. I want to I challenge all of us over the next 22 days it takes 21 days to form a habit, okay? So I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to do something. Over the next 22 days, I want you to read one paragraph from Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible, I understand, but one paragraph a day. There are 22 paragraphs in Psalm 119. And, but before you read it, here's the prayer I want you to pray each time you read it. God, give me a love for your word. Pray that prayer before you read it. And the reason I go to Psalm 119, you'll discover as you read Psalm 119, it's pretty amazing. Uh, David presents the word in tender heart desire terms. That's what you get from it. And so I would encourage you to do that. Uh, Here's the point I want to leave you with. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Maturity is the product of desire and choice. desire, and choice. The question is, what do you want, and then what are you willing to do? What do you want? What do you want? And what are you
1: willing to do? Dr. Crawford Loritz here on Living a Legacy. Well, Crawford, I would venture to say that uh, many people have camped out in the Mm. immaturity Mm -hmm. department for many, many years, and it's time to grow up. And I think this
0: uh, wonderful challenge is going to help. You know, if I would adjust what I just said at the end of the message, I would probably adjust it this way. I would say, the mature Christian says, Lord, what is right? Mm. Now help me to want what is right Mm. as I choose what is right. And and why do you make that distinction? Well, because I, I you, you might sense that you, sometimes desire is not a natural thing. Mm. I mean, what what I want sometimes may not be mm. right. It but I I need to be more objective about my desires and I need to pray God touch my heart to want what you want me to want. Mm-hmm and then help me to make the right choices until my emotions get there.
1: All right. Great insight and something we all need to consider as we wrap up this time together and prepare to head into a new week. Thanks so much, Crawford. Well, we're so grateful that you join us each week here on Living a Legacy. Take a moment to get in touch with us. Tell us how God is using this program to deepen your walk with Christ. Leave a note on our website at livingalegacy.org, livingalegacy.org. Look for the Contact Us link. Your comments are a great source of encouragement to us. Here's an email from Carter, who writes, I listen to Living a Legacy on Moody Radio in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Last week's message hit a bullseye with me. Thank you for your excellent broadcasting. Well, thank you, Carter. Appreciate you getting in touch with us. And we'd like to hear from you, too. Won't take any time at all. Go to livingalegacy.org and look for the Contact Us link. Just a couple of sentences will be so helpful for us. Many of Crawford's previous messages are available to stream or, better yet, download them for free and listen at your convenience. These messages are a great way to fill time while traveling or commuting. Look for the MP3 link on our webpage and that'll connect you to our downloads. This is a production of Moody Radio. We greatly appreciate everyone who's able to stand with us in prayer and with financial support. Take a moment to consider what part you can play when you stop by livingalegacy.org. Well, next week we'll launch a brand new series and hope you can join us again right here. I'm Bill Davis. Thanks for being with us today. This program is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.